Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Oh, I'm so bored. You know, go by it's week, too man. early. We said that on Wednesday's episode. We just kind of got this football party started, and now we have to take a break and sit on the sidelines and watch Pitt lose again in the rain. And it's just oh, it's miserable. miserable. It's game. just a miserable weekend. And there's no Steelers game, and I I know that some people think that this bye week is what the doctor ordered, and I actually think I am some of those people when it comes to the team. Mm. And it's probably good to hit a reset button. I mean, you can't have much more turbulence to the start of your season mm-hmm. than the Steelers did to the start of theirs, especially after the preseason hype leading into that San Francisco game. Right. Maybe it is a good thing to shake it off. You had a couple positive things you can draw on. You beat your arch rival. You can just you can relax and hit the reset button. But as a fan, it's just like, oh man, I I don't know what to do with myself over the weekend now. I guess I'll still watch football. I guess I'll have to. Oh, I guess man. I'll force what myself a, what to. What a tragedy. It It is a modern-day tragedy and here, when you think about it. I think this week, you know, it's it's a good slate of games, isn't it, this weekend? It is, and we'll get to those in our Fireside Friday episode for sure. But I think the big thing with the Steelers' bye week that has people excited, if you can be, is the return of Deontay Johnson, mm. which is Imminent. It's gonna happen. Hell yeah, it's gonna happen. Uh, from the words, uh, from the mouth of Deontay Johnson himself. So that's such a big boost, I, I think, to this offense that needs something desperately. You know, people will maybe who are detractors and glass half empty mindsets say, "Well, I mean, the offense is so abysmal. What's Deont- Deontay? Deontay was in the offense all of last year. He didn't even score a touchdown. What's Deontay gonna do to make this offense look better?" Mm-hmm. I think. Deontay and Kenny just have never really been able to build that rapport together as far as game situations are concerned. Kenny thrown into the fire last year, doesn't get first-team reps at all during training camp, or very sporadically did so. He starts at halftime against the Jets, and him and Deontay just never seem to you know have that connection. Thought full offseason of working as the number one, Training camp as the number one, preseason as the number one. You start to build that rapport with Deontay Johnson. And I don't think that you can say that they didn't. They had a pretty successful couple of link-ups in that Niners game, mm-hmm. some of the few successful link-ups that there were. And there was a couple of misfires from Kenny as well when Deontay was pretty open. We just didn't see it. We right. he, got hurt. he gets hurt in that game, and we haven't been able to see if that connection was able to blossom or not. Pick it to Pickens gets all the hype. I mean, it's it's illiterate. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's got that alliteration to it. I don't think it's illiterate. I think that means you can't read when you're illiterate. Alliterate, alliterative. We're going to move alliterative. On from here. <laughs> I feel like Patrick Starr right now. <laughs> 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 that crappy body. Yeah. Goes, uh, 
uh, uh. Uh, SpongeBob holds up. So so good. Even though we're dumb, you know, I I just think that the picket to pickens thing, that is the sexy everybody grabs onto it. You see it on ESPN and it's great. It can be a really good connection. But I still think that the Deontay to Pickett or the Pickett to Deontay connection is going to be where your bread's buttered in this offense. I mean, that's going to be the guy that keeps you on schedule. That's going to be the guy that keeps the chains moving. Jacob, they don't get first downs unless it's third down. Right. Deontay's going to get you a first, a first down. The only on time I've down, seen right? that is that touchdown drive that resulted in the Pat touchdown uh, against the Raiders. Getting first downs on first and second down isn't illegal. You don't have to. No, it's You don't have to not. always make it a third and manageable, right. and then hope that you convert on third and manageable. Or if it was a third and long, and have Jalen Warren break three tackles on the way to barely getting across that yard, <laughs> to, that line to gain, hurdle a dude, right. like spin out of another tackle. I mean, it looked like Nelly in the longest yard as Megan, oh, like just breaking all these tackles. So except good. for. In that movie, he runs for a touchdown. And, and in that movie, it. he wasn't doing it with shoes on. <laughs> and in this real game, it was like a five-yard game. <laughs> yeah, right. Being a first down, but a big first down, and kudos to Jalen Warren. But this guy, you know, we, we've we looked for so many years, who's this offensive MVP? And for the past couple of years, it's been, I think Najee's the lifeblood of this offense. I think you got to give Najee the ball and have him be the engine Jacob, what if it's Deontay Johnson? Mm. What if this guy requires like ten it. targets a game? He needs eight catches a game. He'll he'll get four first downs a game. With the ball in his hands, he's so explosive and so dangerous. And Jerry Dulac, one of the best when it comes to covering the Steelers, said on Mark's show yesterday, what's the biggest negative that people have about Deontay Johnson? It's the drops. Drops yeah. Johnson, exactly. So Drops Johnson. Jerry noted that. All training camp, all preseason. You know, he's keeping an eye on Deontay Johnson. He barely saw him drop one pass if he did. Mm-hmm. So Jerry said he asked Deontay about that. He said, How many have you dropped in this, you know, preseason training camp setting that you can remember? And Deontay said, To be honest with you, I only can remember one. That is a that was like a I should have caught that ball. Like mm-hmm. nothing like, you know, he's skyscraping up in the air and trying to make a one handed catch. But like he said, only one that I think is you know a, a catch that any NFL receiver should make, especially myself, and I didn't make. So he has really worked hard to get that bugaboo out of his system, to get that drops uh, moniker away from his name. And Jerry said, you know, again, this isn't a knock on all the other receivers in that room, but if you're giving out a hardest worker award – Deontay Johnson takes that award. So he knows what his biggest problem is, the drops. He is noted as being the hardest worker of that wide receiver room, one of the hardest workers on the team. And in the preseason training camp setting, you kind of saw him fix those drops or or be on the right track to fixing that drop problem. It really, I said this on Wednesday's show, Deontay's kind of like that player that you just didn't know what you got until it was gone. And yeah. Great way to put it. I'm just like my eyes are so open now, especially as I'm I'm planning for his return after the bye week. About like he keeps the offense on schedule. He is the guy that you know we should have been focused on at the beginning of this year to have a that big reemergence, big thousand yard season, five six touchdowns, yards after the catch galore. Uh, maybe he has the most first downs of a non quarterback for the Steelers this year. 
we should have been gravitating more towards him. Um, but he kind of just was that forgotten piece because, you know, we're looking at Pickens and all the excitement around him and the revamped offensive line and Pat Fryermuth is going to take that next step and they got big old Mount Washington out there too. And then you got the two running backs and then it's kind of like, oh yeah, and Deontay, we take him for granted. He's he's good. He's a good receiver. He could be good to great and he really, I think, has shown in his absence just how important he is to that offense's success if they're going to have any success. Yeah, I, I love everything you're said, you've said there. My only concern, and it's not anything to do with specifically Deontay, it's how much can a guy like Deontay actually help this offense? I know that he's really talented in separation, and his, obviously his handwork has improved vastly since a couple of years ago when he was known to drop a lot of passes. But this isn't a team like the Minnesota Vikings where they're putting up 25 or 28 or 35 points a week and it's becoming it's it's a, as a result of the the efforts by Justin Jefferson or if you want to flash back to 2017 or 2015 Steelers offense putting up 28 35 points a game because of the the play play level of Antonio Brown I'm not saying that DJ isn't capable of getting there I just don't think this offense is really suited to highlighting someone like Deontay Johnson or or really anyone at yeah, for well, that matter. Yeah, really suited to highlight right now. Yeah, I mean no one. So I don't think that I'm not trying to say that Deontay Johnson coming back won't help at all. I, I don't think it's going to take this team from a 3 and 2 team and jolt them up to like an 8 and 3 team. That's fair, but I think you touched on something in what you just said there that is is so true about the offense. You know, who is it designed for? Like, who's the right. guy? There's even, no identity. Even Deontay coming back doesn't mean that, okay, well, now it's just ball, ball out with Kenny and Pickens and Deontay because we've seen them have the chance to do that, and they haven't. That's not what they're going to do. Yeah, right. They're not going to be that kind of offense. But we don't, I, I like your point but about not having an kind of offense I, they want to be. I, we, we don't know their identity because we don't see them relying on the run in clear running moments. We don't see Kenny airing it out and 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 putting up a lot of points in a, in a short amount of time in a game. So I really don't know what, again, I'm not trying to say Deontay Johnson's return will right. be meaning less, I just don't know what it could realistically do to help this team. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma. Delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style, the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Well, Matt Canada's not getting fired. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> That's pretty evident. He spoke yesterday to the media. Um, this would have been the week to move on if you right. were going to move on. They beat the Ravens. The offense did not look much better in beating the Ravens. But, hey, the win's a win. And you kind of cool off some of the 
the fan base. Uh, I was just going to say you kind of cool off some of the fan base, but we all saw that Penguin game. The fan base ain't, ain't cooled off at all. In fact, they've honestly, in my opinion, have gone a little overboard now when it comes to the Canada stuff. So he's here. What does he do in the second half, Jacob, to, to get another contract? I mean, you don't want to just assume he's dead man walking and that no matter what happens, he's done at the end of the year because then, you know, what if the offense, and this is a crazy, crazy hypothetical, but what if the <laughs> offense scores like 25 points per game, has a couple 30 points games down the stretch and looks much better um, under Matt Canada, and then you fire him at the end of the year. What I'm just going to look back and I'll be like, what? why don't you just fire him at the bye week then? Like, if he was already decided to be fired. That would raise a lot of questions overall. Right. A, so, why wouldn't you fire him earlier? Right. B, where was this for exactly. the first couple of seasons? Well, se- well, that is a question, but I think you can answer that question. Yeah, we've got to warm up a little bit, you know? Uh, I'm pretty sure you had the, all of the second half of the last <laughs> no, no, season no, no, with Kenny no, no, Pickett, no, no. with gotta, Matt Canada, warm up a with bit. a healthy, well, with wow, with a healthy Deontay no, Johnson. No, 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 you don't just jump right into the pool. You got to dip your toe. Come on, Jacob. Don't be, don't be bringing facts like you had a whole off season training camp. <laughs> right. and you you, you, you got to Kenny up. from day one. Nope. You got to warm up to it. You got to warm up to it. So didn't I mention this earlier this week? I said I'm kind of sick of that starting line continuously getting pushed back further and further. For when this offense will break out. But my point is, if you're giving him the chance to keep his job now, you're not going to make a change. You're also kind of making him sing for his supper a little bit, right? And you'd assume that if things look better in the second half and he turns things around, not like last year where they were winning games, but it wasn't really the offensive output that was because of that. If he starts putting up points, if the offense themselves goes out there and you can, you know, at the end of a game be like, man, that unit really won us that football game. And we've seen special teams really win them a game this year. We've seen defense win them a game this year. Offense has made plays in their wins, but haven't been able to be like, man, if it wasn't for the offense and Kenny's performance and, and putting up those 35 points, they're not winning that football game today. So you get a couple of those down the stretch. I mean, don't you kind of gotta consider bringing him back if you're the Steelers I mean you, you kind of you have to well see that's you my, have to have a that's really my good worry. reason moving on from him if that <laughs> incredibly right. far-fetched hypothetical comes to fruition so the caveat on all of this is that's not going to happen this this offense isn't going to magically explode for 30 points a game and look like the San Francisco 49ers offense all of a sudden so we don't have to really worry about it but if you want to hypothesize right or theorize, and say that does happen. Wouldn't the Steelers almost be forced to keeping Matt Canada? I don't want How do you fire the guy that's putting up all those points? You can't fire that guy if this crazy, crazy hypothetical. It cannot be restated enough. It's just, it's But if this happens and you do move on from the guy... Then you you gotta go out and get a name. You gotta get a, a big fish because that's how you can justify that. Like, yeah, Matt did some good things down the stretch, but we're big game hunting now. We're looking for Moby Moby Dick out mm-hmm. there. We're not looking for just you know Mike Sullivan is hired from within or somebody at, like you're looking for the next big guy or an established name that was a head coach from the past that is now in the coordinator ranks and is very successful as a coordinator. Um, that's probably the only way you could talk around that. But I have a feeling that if this just insane hypothetical 
does come to fruition, he's probably uh, he probably will get another contract, right? <laughs> I mean, if they're scoring 25 points per game yeah, in the second half. Yeah, I don't. Half, the Steelers are not a team to just say, oh, well, this guy's on our staff and we're putting up all these points. Right, Why not? Like, we want continuity <laughs> here. So we're going right. to, we saw, we don't have to fire him now. He saw the offense win games down the stretch. We want that, we'll turn the page to next year. And it's Kenny and Canada round three. And they'll just keep getting better and better and better. Now that we're done with La La Land, though, that's not going to happen. They're not going to score 25 points per game. There's going to be the same struggle. Like, dude, I don't you just see them coming out against the Rams after this two-week hiatus and three and out and then another punt, and then it's just like it's oh, time and the score's like 13 to three, three. Rams, and it's right. like, what the hell? And then the Steelers maybe come back in the fourth quarter and win it. But it's just going to be the same ugly slop fest as always. And honestly, the I think it's going to be an ugly game. But the most likely outcome for a team to dominate would be if the Steelers' defense has a slow start again and the Rams, who can play some offense and has good receivers and a good quarterback, gets out to a couple touchdown lead. Then you're almost waving that white flag already. Yeah, you essentially are because you don't, you know, <clears throat> this offense is not meant to come back from large deficits. Like, what are they going to do with Puka and Cooper? Like Coverage, like, you got to put Mink on one, JPJ on JPJ, the other. JPJ has got to play in this game. It's a real tough test for him against maybe the – you can say it's the best tandem. I, I know Cooper only played one game, but he had a hell of a first game right. back. It's probably already one yeah, of the best if they, tandems. If they both stay healthy and Puka wasn't just a result of Cup not being out there. Well, dude, he had like 78 yards and a touchdown. Right. They both, I mean, so they like, both had really good I games know. last week. Uh, but if – what, I wanted to ask, what did you make of Tara Lawson's comments for the second week in a row, especially after seeing JPJ lock down that interception, I think of coach, saying, still not yet ready? I think coaches lie all yeah. the time. Maybe not. But what's the utility in lying How about that this? way? You can lie while telling the truth, if that makes any sense. Maybe he does believe that he's not ready, but he didn't. No, I guess he did say he's not going to start. He's going to start. He's going to start. I'm, I'm going to say Terrell Austin, I don't want to call you a liar, but there's just no way you go out there against the Rams and you don't see Joe, JPJ in your base package on the outside. Like, there's just no way. You saw why would you bench both Port, or Peterson and Wallace at different points in that second half of the Ravens game to have Porter Jr. out there mm-hmm. to then just go into a week where he can now prepare – for 13, 12 days for an opponent and a couple of really good receivers, and then just be like, hey, you're back on the bench. You're back on, you know, third, fourth on the depth chart. We'll get you out there in the dime, get you out there in the nickel maybe. Like, that That just doesn't make, that doesn't track. Why would you bench somebody in the middle of a game to just go right back to them in the next game? Especially when the person you bench them for, this is Twitter's showing, like, best right. coverage of any rookie quarterback and had the big interception against a future potential Hall of Famer in OBJ. Like, it's just crazy to me if you don't just throw that rookie out there right now. We're gonna, we're, I'm going to bring up, did you see the PFF rankings of all cornerbacks for last week? JPJ was number one. Was number one, and, like, Pat, Pete, and Levi, Levi were, like, 86 and 96, and Shannon Sullivan was like 104 or something like that. And that's with JPJ's sample size taking a big jump, and he out there in a lot of big coverage scenarios, and he still was number one. So, dude, 
the Steelers not wanting to play their rookies has always kind of been frustrating at mm. at times, but at times it's, it's also what? But at frustra- it's okay. been frustrating. But at times it's also worked. So you can't like pound the table when they do what they do because it's proven to have a good track record sometimes. But everywhere we with our top three picks, every time we see them really get thrown into the fire, Benton passes. Benton excels. Porter Jr. has excelled. And now Broderick Jones, who has kind of looked iffy, is a backup and, you know, in a in a in a role of not a starting five. Looked awesome last week when he was definitively the number one left tackle all week long in practice leading into that game. He looked great. It's not just that these guys are rookies and, you know, their youthful energy can bring something to the table. They're also some of your better performing players so far through five games of the season when they've gotten their chances. Play the kids. Not only are they, well, I would say this, they're they're better than the people that are in front of them right now. And I, I don't think you should fear the rookie mistakes because veterans are making mistakes in front of them and aren't playing well. The good is going to outweigh the bad with these guys. And honestly, when their sample size goes up, we see a lot more good than bad. So right. it's it's really banging your head against the wall now if you don't go into L.A. with Jones as your left tackle, Porter Jr. as your outside corner, Benton and Benton in the, starting the in the middle line. of the defense. Right. Like, it is time. It's past time. But it's getting ridiculous Aren't- at this point. Are you convinced that Sage Zach Gentry was still on the team and Pat Frymuth was out with his injury, right? Yes. Would you be convinced that if Gentry was still on the team that Darnell Washington would be seeing zero snaps and it'd be Gentry out there well, at the tight end? That's a weird part. That's a weird point. Like, why did they kind of eschew their whole modus operandi for that? And I Whoa. guess, I guess, look at that Latin. I guess he's not the starting tight end. Pat is. But Darnell was clearly the number two, and I mean Gentry wasn't a slouch run blocking and helping in the blocking game. Mount Washington's just awesome at it. But I mean, there there's another guy that like there's a rookie that you're asking him to do a role, and he's killing his role. Like they look, we were beating our chest about this draft class after it happened, and you had to kind of remind us that they haven't played a game yet. But as far as the top four picks go, they're four for four in my mind. They, these guys look like they belong, and then. Herbig, too, if you want to keep going further into the draft. Right. Herbig looks like he belongs, too. So, like, they look like, so far, it is as good of a draft class as it looked to be. But you got to play them. Like, you got— Yeah, right. You If you're going to make this transition into, you know, the next era of Steelers football, you got to hand the baton off at some point. Like, Cam is a legend forever. And TJ's going to be here for a while. He's that, that bridge guy, kind of. But, you know, maybe this is Joey Porter Jr.'s team now, or it's going to be Joey Porter Jr.'s team. He's got next. I mean, maybe Broderick Jones, that that line is his. He's like a Trent Williams here in Pittsburgh. Like, it's time to start letting these guys walk down those paths because the earlier you do it, the more it'll pay off for you quicker as opposed to in the long run. Yeah, it, it makes very little sense to me why there's such hesitation uh, it took however many games to get Broderick Jones. They looked that good. It took an injury to Dan Moore to get Broderick Jones in the, in the starting lineup. And now he better not leave. Right. 
Oh, he better be there the entire rest of the way of the season. Yeah, all the rookies need to play. We're at the bye week, so no opponent for the Steelers this coming Sunday, but we're going to do something that I said I promised I would never do. <laughs> we'll take a look at who's kind of in the front runner for some MVP, some defensive player of the year, what the award race kind of looks like after five games, four for a few teams. Um in the 2023 season. So we will do that next. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Offerman. This is the Steelers Standard. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 